Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. A very happy Thanksgiving to each and every one of you, and I thank you for joining me. On today's Visitor's Edition, my guest is Ohio State beat writer Tim May from the Columbus Dispatch. Before he joins us, my view from Section 17 to get us started. The eyes of the college football nation will be on Michigan and Ohio State on Saturday. Some in the media are calling the game a playoff. In some ways, that is accurate. For us, it's simple. Win on Saturday, and we are the East Division champs, securing a spot in next weekend in Indy for the Big Ten Championship game. If we lose, well, it's been a great season, but it will end in disappointment. As of this morning, we are seven-point underdogs. If you listen to the ESPN and BTN guys, Ohio State is just better than us, and they have the game-changer in quarterback JT Barrett. Here is how I see it, though. Ohio State is far and away the best team we've faced this year. Their offense is number one in just about every statistical category right now. They have weapons. Mike Weber from Detroit is a bruising running back, and Curtis Samuel is dangerous out of the backfield or as an H-back. JT Barrett is what makes the whole offense go, though. He has thrown for 24 touchdowns and run for over 700 yards. No one has been able to stop him. Wisconsin did come close, but he broke their backs late in the game with big runs on third and longs. Harassing JT will be job number one for Don Brown and the defense. Barrett and Ohio State attacked the edge better than any offense in the country, and we've struggled with edge containment the last few weeks. This is the biggest challenge our defense has faced this season, and they must turn in their best performance if we are going to have a chance. The Ohio State defense will be the best we've seen this year, too. Our offensive line has to be better than we've seen the last two weeks. Balance is the key word this week. We cannot be one-dimensional against this defense or we will have problems. Whether it's Spade or O'Corn, we must have some success throwing the ball and no turnovers. Ohio State is one of the best defenses in the country at turning mistakes into points. What we do know is that this game is bigger than it's been in the last 10 years. There is so much on the line. Ohio State wants to continue their recent dominance 
And Michigan wants to make a statement that we are back. We are back. But we need to beat Ohio State in the worst way. This is the way it should be when these two teams meet every year. Ten years ago, this game was advertised as the game of the century in college football. Number one against number two, everything on the line. These games usually never live up to the hype. That game did. Ohio State prevailed 42-39 to that day. Who knows what will happen this Saturday? We do know Jim Harbaugh will have his team ready, and it should be fun to watch. Tim May thinks beating Ohio State in the shoe with your backup quarterback is asking a lot. He also knows it's different, though, when it's Michigan-Ohio State. He joins me next here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. on our visitors segment this week as we get ready for the game once again is ohio state beat writer tim may from the columbus dispatch great to have you back again this year tim glad to be here man glad to be anywhere at this point amen to that big week of course uh, we all know that a lot of reminiscing goes on this time of year tim and we were thinking 10 years ago these two teams met in columbus ranked number one and two the big 10 championship on the line it was a day after bo Schembechler had passed away a spot in the bcs championship game was on the line and, and again it does seem like just yesterday but for both fan bases that was truly a game that lived up to the hype wasn't it absolutely and uh most of the time they don't and as i kept warning people who uh kept calling for a rematch in the national championship game. You know, most of the time the rematches don't live up to the hype either, you know, for sure. And I thought that game was uh, uh, everything you wanted in, in something that uh, you'd been sort of anticipating for two months. You know, I went down to the wires, you well know, Ohio State scored a sort of a go-ahead score, kind of an insulating score near the end, but then Michigan came right back. and It was everything. But, man, what took it to the surreal – uh, level was Bo but dying that day before. I mean, it was like, you, you know, us guys in the media, us ladies and gentlemen in the media, because I don't want to leave Angelique Chingelis out of that <laughs> equation at all. I mean, you, you work really hard during that week, you know, because it is the biggest game of the year nationally, and you pretty much got your stuff all done by Friday, and then all of a sudden that, that hits, you know, and uh, – mm-hmm. Wow, what 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 a what what a bulletin that that Bo Schimberger passed away, and then how fitting that in the game of the century that you know if you believe in such things, uh, he and uh, Woody Hayes would be sitting elbow to elbow in uh, in football heaven or watching that one together. It was uh, it was amazing, and you could imagine the wrestling match they were going through because number one, <laughs> forty two to thirty nine. I think that's more points than cumulatively they were scored throughout uh, those uh, great games from 72 through 75 <laughs> and uh and uh and then number two it just uh, you like you said it lived up to the hype and really 
if you look at the bowl games by both teams, you know, there was a little bit of a drop-off there from an intensity standpoint. I remember Woody saying that after the Michigan game. It's anticlimactic. I mean, it, it's a drop-off. But here we are, uh, yeah. fast forward 10 years later. Uh, of course, it's the game. Uh, the college football world has changed in the last 10 years. Uh, the East Division title is on the line. Trip to the Big Ten Championship game. The playoffs. Uh, all that aside, again, it's the game. I think both fan bases would say, this is the way it should be, Tim. Yeah. You know, the bad thing about it now is uh, everything you, when you, whenever you write it now, it's everything has an explanation to it because of the divisional format of the Big Ten. For example, if, if Michigan wins out, if Michigan wins, then it definitely goes to the Big Ten, Big Ten title game where we'll be playing probably Wisconsin, you know, a, game, a team that gave them a heck of a run. And so, you know, there's nothing for sure about getting a, even a conference title, uh, a trip to the college football playoff Final Four for, for Michigan. It still has another game to play. And if Ohio State wins, Ohio State has to hope Penn State gets beat by Michigan State so Ohio State can go to the Big Ten championship game. Yet there is a feeling that if Ohio State wins and stays number two in the college football playoff rankings after this coming week, that it will have submitted at least one a spot in the college football playoff uh, Final Four. But you see what I'm saying? I mean, back in 2006, the winner was going to the BCS National Championship game, no doubt about it. And there was a chance the loser might go there too. But uh, I don't know. There's just... It's just everything comes with an explanation, the you know warning label these days, uh, it seems. You think of some of the scenarios um, coming out of this weekend, rivalry weekend all over college football, but you know, you say yes. Michigan knows their path. If Ohio State wins the game, Penn State has to, uh, to lose to Michigan State, and that's not outside of the realm of possibility. Uh, Michigan State can do that. But then you've got the Big yes. Ten championship game. What if Penn State gets to that game, plays Wisconsin, Wisconsin wins? Do you foresee two Big Ten teams being in the playoffs? I think it could happen, but I think some things still have to happen for that for that to happen. I mean, I don't know how many happens I can work in there, but it is a <laughs> happening. I mean, uh, you know, I think, you know, I think sort of the best case scenario for that to happen would be, for example, uh, if either Clemson or Washington gets beat in its in its conference title games, uh, uh, ACC for Clemson, which I think will be playing either North Carolina or Virginia Tech, and then uh, and then of course Washington could turn around and have to play USC again, or you know possibility or Colorado, which Colorado is an improved team, definitely. I mean we all know. I mean you know everybody kind of poo pooed that win by Michigan way back when, but I mean that's really. Uh, propped up Michigan's uh, college football playoff ranking, but but I could see you know if Ohio State wins Saturday, I could see it getting in the college football playoff, and then like I said, if the scenario follows the next weekend, then uh, possibly the winner of that of the uh, Big Ten championship game getting in more more likely Wisconsin than Penn State, you know, based on what you're reading the tea leaves right now. But uh, that'd be the only way I wouldn't see. Uh, I wouldn't see two teams if Michigan wins and goes to the Big Ten Championship game because Ohio State would have two losses at that point. But, yeah, I mean, stranger things have happened, and I could I could see that, but, 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 but some cards have to fall, like I said. And, for example, if Alabama gets upset in the Southeastern Conference Championship game, by, I think it's Florida, then all bets are off. One loss, Alabama doing a belly flop right into the middle of the, uh, the uh, one-loss pool, and uh, that's going to definitely knock a team out.
Let's take a look at this Ohio State team. I mean, we all watch it uh, all year, watch them, I should say. When you look at this team, Michael Weber, he's over 1,000 yards. Curtis Samuel, 61 receptions. The only player in college football, I think, with over 600 yards receiving and rushing. But JT Barrett's the man. And you've seen plenty of good quarterbacks line up under center down there in Columbus, Tim. Is he right up there with the best you've seen play? Yeah, as a college quarterback, he's as good as I've seen at Ohio State. And that includes Troy Smith, who won the Heisman Trophy. Only because JT is much more of a uh, running threat uh, than, than than Troy was. Troy would prefer always to throw the ball if he could, but he could scramble with the best of them. I think Michigan fans remember that. He beat Michigan three years in a row as a starting quarterback. Yeah, JT is uh, – the thing about him is he throws well enough to keep you on your toes, and he runs well enough. You better make sure you, you've got him covered, but then you throw in there the other two threats, Mike Weber – and uh, from right there in Detroit, and and Curtis Samuel from Brooklyn, New York. You know, it's uh, it's it's an interesting combo they've got going on right now, or trio they've got going on right now. But but the linchpin is J T. Barrett. Now I say that you know we've seen Ohio State flourish with a backup quarterback before, including um, you know losing J T. Barrett on the last on the first play from scrimmage in the fourth quarter. Uh, two years ago, and then Cardell Jones came in, and uh, after a rocky start, got Ohio State going again, and then of course took them all the way to the national championship, three straight huge wins. Uh, so, but but yeah, J.T. Barrett, in my opinion, is is sort of the linchpin because it, this is a very good Michigan defense, uh, and uh, but it's also a defense that's been run on a little bit here recently, and. Uh, when you can throw a triple threat at them from a running standpoint, much less passing. Uh, to me, the most encouraging thing about Saturday is the weather forecast because unlike uh, last week at Michigan State when the wind blew at least 20 miles an hour all day and gusted over the over 30 to 40, some people said, passing was, was, a, was, a, quite, was a great adventure. And uh, it's supposed to be in the mid-40s. With uh, winds in you know in the five to nine mile per hour range, I mean you know that's ideal takeoff weather. We sat through uh, almost blizzard conditions. It seemed at the end of the uh, the game with high winds yeah. on Saturday too. So it was a wacky weather day. Unbelievable. Said, Let's hope the weather holds up. One of the things that I Bingo. find interesting, Tim, is uh, earlier in the year, Urban said, "I don't want him getting twenty carries uh, a game," and and he being J T. Barrett. But when I look at the numbers, yeah. uh, Mike Weber has one hundred and sixty six carries. JT has 164, which averages out to about 15 a game. He's still getting yeah. uh, a lot of hits on him. Well, here's the point: uh, it's not it's not 15 a game, but it but it's you know he had 24 on Saturday. When he runs, he's one of the better runners, at least in the Big Ten, maybe in college football. When mm-hmm. he decides to run, he has a way of picking his way, and then he's smarter about going down and things like that than he was a couple of years ago as he'll tell you, but you're in jeopardy when you're standing there throwing the ball from the pocket. I mean, how many, how many uh, Cleveland Browns quarterbacks have played this year? I think it's 104, you know, I think at last count, uh, you know, look at Wilton Spate sitting there, you know, whether he's going to play or not, he's not a runner by any stretch, but you know, he's on the, uh, the mend, the mending list at least, you know, at this point. So, you know, people talk about the jeopardy of it, uh, you're in jeopardy no matter what, but I think you're in a lot of jeopardy when you stand back there and just throw the ball and have people whack you. But, you know, there's no apologies by either Urban Meyer or JT Barrett because, like I said, he's effective at it. There have been times when he probably should have given it up. I mean, you know, for example, Saturday of 24 runs, he probably had an option whether to keep it or not on 12 to 15 of those, and he opted to keep it because, you know, he knows he is effective running it. 
and uh, that's what you run into when you when you run the option. And and he has been good at that. But also Mike Weber is really coming online, man. I mean, uh, you know, they really need somebody to step into the into the Ezekiel Elliott shoes, and Weber will just be playing in his twelfth uh, game as a collegian on Saturday, and he's he's just the third. Uh, Ohio State running freshman running back to go over a thousand yards. Now that comes with a caveat because Robert Smith and Maurice Claret in 1990 and uh, 2002 respectively were true freshmen. You know he is a Richard freshman, but uh, he's playing extremely well right now despite getting a shoulder ding a few weeks ago. And then Curtis Samuel, you know, like you just pointed out, the only player in college major college football with plus 600 yards rushing and and receiving. So, uh, but, you know, A.T. Barrett, get back to your original question. I'm sorry I diverge. I digress <laughs> a lot when I talk. He is he's almost a consummate college quarterback because he gives you the threat of the pass, and he also gives you the threat of the run and also gives you the threat of getting the team in the proper play and more often than not making the correct decision. From a Michigan perspective, we don't know if Wilton's going to play. Just really don't. So it could be John O'Corn again this week. And he was shaky, no question about it, on Saturday. So I think from our perspective, it's not Jabril. It's not Divion Smith. The key to the game Saturday for Michigan is John O'Corn. And my guess is Ohio State's going to load that box up and say, okay, John, beat us in the air. Yeah, I mean, but they were going to do that if Will Spate was there. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, Ohio State defensively, we, we, you know, we talk about all the stars, but I mean, Ohio State has two cornerbacks they trust implicitly in uh, man-to-man coverage in Gary Ann Conley and Marshawn Latiborn. They've got another kid who's playing extremely well. They can put three corners on the field that they think can play with anybody. The third one is Denzel Ward, and they, uh, they play a lot of times their nickel puts their best cornerback in the slot covering the then that next guy, which could be Jabril, Jabril Peppers on Saturday. Who knows who that's going to be? But they like to play coverage uh, with two, possibly three guys man-to-man and uh, and then play football with the other eight or nine uh, guys on defense. And if you understand what I'm saying, and their whole modus operandi is they may give up a play here and there, but they're going to continue to bring pressure. And by pressure, I don't mean they're going to blitz every down, but they think their front four – uh, which they rotate about eight guys through there. They think their front four, uh, keeping them fresh, can can get after almost anybody. Now they had a little trouble rushing the passer on Saturday at Michigan State, and uh, but that's a really, in my opinion, improving offensive line up there. Uh, we'll see what they can do against Michigan, but but yeah, it's going to come down to John Corn making good decisions and not throwing the ball for grabs. But like I told you a while ago, I don't judge anything from a quarterback based on what happened Saturday in that windstorm. I mean, that's not fair. You know, bottom line is Michigan won 20 to 10 and moved on, just like Ohio State survived uh, Indiana and moved on. I mean, the Big Ten, you know, we were talking about Woody and Bo a while ago. I mean, I was talking to Bo's uh, son, Shimmy, uh, just the other day. And, uh, you know, this isn't like the good old days when of the Big Ten when you pretty much you could focus on the Ohio State-Michigan game all year long. I mean, there are teams that can beat you. And these guys both found out the hard way. Uh, Michigan on the road at Iowa, tough place to play at night. And Ohio State on the road at Penn State. You know, uh, traditional program right coming back clearly on the on the rebound now uh, under James Franklin. And they both have those stars. You know, going into this game. So, uh, with that said, I you know I, I, I think O'Corn with another week uh, to get to get his uh, feet under him. I think is going to be. You know, going to be an interesting guy to watch on Saturday. 
just like JT Barrett is. I mean, it's always it always comes down to the quarterbacks making right decisions and not turning the ball over. Absolutely. This is the way we want it. 12 noon, weatherman says, uh, nice day down in Columbus in the horseshoe and everything on the line. Let me ask you a question. Do you think uh, all these people keep thinking this should be a, a primetime night game? And I go, man, high noon showdown between uh, Ohio State and Michigan. To me, that's as traditional as the sun coming up. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoy it being a high noon game for a lot of reasons. Uh, number one, I hate – I hate primetime games when I'm covering them because we're always under the deadline. And, uh, you know, uh, but I just think it's, man, this is this is what it's all about, man. College football coming down to the wire and these two teams meeting, squaring off at high noon face-to-face. What do you think? I don't think I've ever heard a Michigan fan that wants this game anything else but 12 noon. I remember 10 years ago, Tim, remember when the network rolled it back yep. to a 3.30 kickoff down there in Columbus? I think it was a 4 o'clock, which was like, well, you might, why, why not go ahead and make it at night? Because it got dark, you know, an hour later. <laughs> but, uh, right. but yeah, you're right. But, but I will say this, that game lived up to primetime billing. That's for darn sure. Well, it did. <laughs> but getting back to your question, 12 noon tradition, that's the way it should be. I sort of feel like Bo. It kicks off at 12 noon. Everyone will be there and everyone will be watching. So it doesn't yeah. change Every, it at all. Everybody so. who cares will be there and everybody yeah. who cares will be watching. You're Absolutely. exactly right. And this year, there's a lot of people who care and a lot of people who their fates kind of hang on how this game goes. So Absolutely. it's going to be fun to watch. It sure is. On our visitor segment, as we get ready for the game, has uh, been beat writer Tim May from the Columbus Dispatch. Tim, it's always a pleasure having you on the show, and we thank you for carving out time from game week because it's going to be busy. So thank you so much, and we look forward to having you back again next year. You should have said carving out time on Turkey Week, but that's okay. I'll uh, I'll take your <laughs> I'll accept your faux pas there and move on. Yeah, it's always a pleasure, my man. I've enjoyed it. Thank you, Tim. Quick Hits is next as we wrap up our visitor's edition of The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today, nothing new to report on the injury front. Wilton Spade has been practicing since Tuesday, but is still listed as day-to-day. Here are some game-day facts for you. Michigan leads the series with 58 wins against 48 losses. There have been six ties. Last year, Ohio State beat us in the big house 42-13. Urban Meyer is in his fifth year and has a 60-5 record at Ohio State. He is 164-28 in 10 years as a head coach. They were 12-1 last year, 7-1 in the East. They beat Notre Dame 44-28 in the Fiesta Bowl. I think most of us are just ready to kick off and get this thing started. We're going to tee it up at 12 noon, and the game can be seen on ABC. The weatherman says it's going to be a good day for football, temps in the mid-40s, mild winds, and no rain. Whatever happens on Saturday, we will be right back here with you next week. Our show schedule depends on the outcome of the game, If we win, it's on to the Big Ten Championship game on Saturday. If that happens, I'll have our game day show on Tuesday and the visitor's segment on Thursday. If the unthinkable happens and we lose on Saturday, we will recap that game and air on Wednesday. 
Whatever happens, make sure you join us next week. So that's it for our visitor segment this week. I'm ready for the Buckeyes. I know you are. And I'm sure Jim Harbaugh will have his team ready. Enjoy the game Saturday. It has all the makings of a classic. Big play guys on both sides, the best offenses and defenses in the Big Ten. And if that's not enough, it's Michigan versus Ohio State in the game. What a way to end the season. Before I say goodbye for this week, I'd like to wish each and every one of you a very happy Thanksgiving. We all have much to be thankful for, and I'm thankful for those of you who join me each week to listen to the show. It wouldn't be any fun without you. So until next week, I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Enjoy every minute of Saturday's game. This is special. Think victory, beat Ohio State. Until next time, take care, and as always, Go Blue! Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!